0: Experiment Nation, I have a special gift for you. If you're in the Airbnb space or if you're thinking of getting into the Airbnb space, you're an operator with multiple units, your first unit, your hundredth unit, just about to get into Airbnb, you are going to want to get this blueprint that I put together for you. Now, I want to give context of how this was put together, because sometimes people assemble these uh, ideas and top 10 lists, top five, top this, and it doesn't have any true valued vetted content. What I've done is I've surrounded myself by the best top short-term rental Airbnb operators in the world. I co-authored a best-selling book with them called Hospitable Host. I've had them on my platform and interviewed them to get the questions that you guys wanna learn the most from Into the episode, the show the real estate experiment, as you know, and I've also paid tens and thousands of dollars to be sitting in the room to get these notable insights that we implement ourselves as short-term rental operators. I'm a short-term rental specialist, I'm licensed to do it in the respective markets. You know, we built ours in Georgia, we have a management company ourselves, we're Airbnb super hosts, so we not only talk the talk but we walk the walk, but we still consistently surround ourselves with the best. In the space to get us further ahead, and this is what we've put together: an Airbnb Millionaire Blueprint, where you don't just hear it from me, you hear it, and it's an aggregate list. It's 21 pillars from short-term rental operators worldwide who've implemented this and it's worked. And this is the exact same way we've been able to get results and get the same results from implementing these insights that I've pulled from multiple faces, right? Some people have tons of arbitrage units like TJ Tejani, some like Bill Faith have just a few, some like Michael Shogan has boutique hotels, they've and whether you have one unit, 10 units or hundredth unit or about to get into your first unit, you're going to want to have this blueprint that you can utilize universally wherever you are in the world. We want to get this, I put together, we took a lot of time to put this together this year after all that we've been implementing in our lab for you to have a guide that you can Leverage, right? That you can use and 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 implement. We've also given and tagged everybody that we've featured in, and giving them credit, so you know where the source is coming from, and you can check out their Instagram. You can see that they're vetted individuals that we not only work with and trust, but learn from. Because sometimes you get a lot of different information, and I want to make sure I give that credit. Where you can find out that person, and we've also, if they've been on our show, we've also linked the episode within this free blueprint it's the airbnb millionaire blueprint want to make sure you go to experiment once you get there you'll see the pop-up that says i have something for you just scroll down enter your name enter your email and we'll get it right sent to you don't want to sleep on this we've been putting these together for quite some time and i know that it will serve you regardless of where you are in your journey to so you have an airbnb millionaire blueprint that has been collectively vetted and has been sourced from operators who are operating at a high scale experimentation you're welcome make sure to go to experimentrealestate.com and get your airbnb millionaire blueprint so that you can also scale to the level of experiment that these practitioners like ourselves have done just for you experimentation we'll see you on the other side who's this oh you're an entrepreneur Oh, you're a real estate investor Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it Well, come into the lab then Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad And let's build y'all But bro, like, tell me So I, so I love, well, I'll tell you one thing that I love I love practitioners like you, right? Who are practitioners and also understand the power of of, of, of a brand, Right? And, and so how did you come up? Let's see. I don't know how you came up, man, but I just saw your content and I resonated with it. Like, you know, MTR, HTR management, you have a really dope page. So shout out to your page. The real Jesse Vasquez on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. I do post yeah. more than I consume, but when I do see a page that's really dope, I just kind of like, oh, this is good stuff. And so I <laughs> sent you an audio and this stuff works yeah. y'all. Cause Jesse is yeah. here because of that audio. And I do that a lot, <laughs> but it's cool because it's like, too. you know,
1: Dude, it works, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I, I just—I'm a fast talker. You guys can hear me right now. I just like—I spit things. I just go. Yeah. I'm like a—I'm like a really restructured down Gary V. I just kind of like <laughs> go. That. You know what I mean? But yeah. I—I'm high energy, so I think for me, for conversation, is just like let me get in the conversation. I, I'm not a typer. I don't want to text anything. I just want to have a conversation.
0: Oh, then I didn't even know that. There you go. There was just yeah. iron sharpens iron, and I was just like, you know what, bro? Like I gotta reach out to this guy. <laughs> you got a dope page and i want to let you know too i'm like dude like i'm just starting to get into this like midterm rental at least my brand is called experimenting and i'm like okay so i'm I'm experimenting in it but that's what's your story like how did you because i don't think anybody like like goes out and be like hey i'm gonna be like a midterm rental like an investor i mean now you can coin that and i and i bro we're gonna make sure every we're gonna make (laughs) sure that the world knows you for that reason that's because that's there's niches like within the niches there's like I love that, that you you
1: can tackle that angle. But originally, like, what was it, bro? Like, Yeah, dude. So let me break down. So you call me a practitioner. I'm not a practitioner. I actually worked in the healthcare industry. I was oh, in the business development. brother, yeah.
0: I'm not calling you a practitioner. So in the lab, see, you're in the lab now. You're wearing your coat. So when we say that in the lab, there's two... <laughs>
1: A, right. Not a
0: practitioner. It's funny you say that because you're in a health yeah. space. So that's that makes sense. So yeah. when I say practitioner, I say that to a lot of people come in here. You're not just talking about this, you're doing it. So I'm not saying right. like if you're a physician or a practitioner, right. which is could be a pun intended, uh, <laughs> which I'm going to let you level set. But I mean, like yeah. you, you, you're not just talking about it on social, you're doing it. And to oh, me, that's what sure. a practitioner does now to level set you are, you do have a health background yes. and you came from that world, world, right? So why don't you just level set now that we've connected the dots and so yeah, we're very cool. clear on who you are and who you're not.
1: I just want to say like, I'm not a doctor, dude. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, so I worked in the healthcare industry for 17 years uh, in the business development side. So what that actually means is my job was to connect doctors to hospitals to have privileges within the facility. I think that's why that practitioner thing like gets, gets kind of uh, so funny. off there. Um, in the What's the world, role I, called? What's the, what was I, your role I, called? I was a business development manager. So my job was basically to get clinicians that were outside. So say like there was an oncologist that worked at some private practice somewhere. My job was to go in there, man, and say, hey, uh, you know, Dr. Rubin, my name's Jesse. I work with you know DMC, Memorial Medical Center we have privileges, blah, 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 blah. There's an oncology department. We would like you to come on to work with us, yada, yada, yada. Here's what this would look like. We'd want to help you you know, in this space. So my job was to basically essentially get them to come work with us um, in that space. So um, I was, I, I'd work, I, this is, this is the crazy story, Ruben. So back in 2015, right, I was in the hospital floors. My job was to talk, connect with clinicians that were working in the hospital floors, you know, talk to them about patients that were going home. Um, there were certain issues if, if patients needed, so it's kind of like a, a dual role. So let me kind of just break this down with the simple and easy way to do this. Sure. Doctor's privileges. And then my secondary role was for patients that were going home that needed to have like um, physical therapy at home or a nurse or they had like cancer or they had some kind of issue going on with them where they needed to actually home healthcare at home. My job was to connect with these companies, which is the hospital, to send patients home and we get all their, their stuff dialed in for them, like the nurses and the practitioners, a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. as I was walking the floors, Ruben, I would hear these women with super cool Midwestern accents or even like uh, Southern accents. We don't hear that in California, man. Everybody says dude (laughs) and bro and man, just like me. Right. You can probably hear that from me, my vernacular right now. Um, So when I heard that, I would would talk to these nurses and they would be like, Oh, don't you know? And like, you know, with these like Fargo type accents. And I'm like, man, I love this. Like, what are you doing here? And nurses would be like, we're here traveling. Like we're travel nurses. This is 2015 mind you before Mm -hmm. midterm renting was cool. Um, So I talked to them and there. I was talking to this one particular nurse, her name was Barbara. And she said, I asked her, I was like, Where are you staying? And she told me, Just guess me, guess where she was staying And this was in Modesto, California at the time. Just, just take a random guess.
0: Like far? Or is that what you mean?
1: Or a hotel? She's staying in a hotel, but guess what kind of hotel? Like a motel. Motel.
0: Motel, right?
1: Yeah. Motel six, bro. Yeah. Oh, geez. (laughs) So I was like, holy smokes. And I asked her like, why are you staying in Motel 6? And she said, I can't find any housing here. There's no housing. We looked in a 30 to 40 mile radius. There's not any properties at all. The only thing that there's a stay is hotels. And there's other um, like Hyatt and all these other places here, but they're too expensive. And again, this is a Central Valley. So there's not a whole lot of um, people were thinking like that. Central Valley, California, which is like the armpit of, of the US or the California specifically. So my thought process at that point was like, how much are you paying for rent? how much is like, well, are you getting paid for this? And she said she was paying 2,900, almost $3,000 a month to, to be in that property. And she had to rent a car, which would put it around over four grand. Cause she said it was like $1,200 for, for the car. So then my brain was like, holy smokes, is there an opportunity for me to get a contract with the hospital and potentially house the, the clinicians that were coming in? So um, are you an investor at, the- at this point? Or are you like, where, where are you at? Dude, I was not. This is where my brain flipped to investment mode. So, at that point, five years ago or seven years ago, I was—I don't know—33 maybe, 32, somewhere right around there. I'm I'm 40 now. Um, I, I always wanted to get into real estate. My dad always talked to me about real estate, and this was the point for me where I'm like, I was renting at the time too, and I was like, you know what? I could buy my first property as an investment. I can have a clinician come stay three grand. Um, back in 2015, properties in my market were like 270, 250 grand. You could buy a property. Mm. Um, so that's what I did. I bought a property. I went and knocked on the HR department door and I said, "Hey, I just talked to Barbara and I talked to all these different clinicians on the floors and I see that they are coming and they're staying in like random hotels in Ninth Street, which is like not a good area in Central Modesto. Um, they're staying in these crappy motels. Um, is there any way that I can accommodate these folks to stay at a property that I just purchased?" And they were like, yes, actually, that's when I've been when a big, in a big issue. Um, how much do you expect to rent this for? Um, at that point, back when back when my, my mortgage was going to be about 1800 bucks a month. Um, so at that point, I was like, oh, it's going to be right around 4000 My goal was to 2x whatever my mortgage was, right? Yeah. Um, sure. So I told her, it would you know, be like around $4,000. $4, and she's like, okay, didn't blink an eye, didn't flinch. And she's like, everything's all inclusive, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, whatever that means. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Because I'm new into this. I didn't really realize what the, how it would snowblown become more than what it is. But anyway, so I got my first contract with the doctor's medical center for $4,000 for clinicians to stay at my property. And at that time, there was a lot of clinicians that were coming in groups, which we're still seeing to this day. Um, so that was my, my thing is I, I got my first uh, property, housed two clinicians. They both had their own rooms. They had an office. And this was back in 2015, got a contract with the hospital because everything in healthcare is based around contracts. No matter if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, you're traveling, you're a healthcare professional. You're coming into one thing. Everything is based around actual contracts. That's what the healthcare industry is based off, literally based off of. So um, for me, man, that was like that first light bulb moment and then kind of following through with it. And then, wow, here's my option to make 2K a month, which was unheard of, especially in this market. And I wasn't doing it on Airbnb. This was outside in the hospital. I have a direct relationship with them. So it was more of a business to business model, which I was already doing already anyway, right? With physicians in a different capacity. So it just was like, boom, dude, happened just like that and uh snowballed from there i just saved that's, all the money that's, yeah, dude, that's
0: so interesting I, no I was, as you're speaking i'm thinking like so you so you knew that you're like okay i'm gonna have to furnish this thing like are you thinking like bare bones like what what were you like because i know sometimes we put like the whole analysis paralysis they so like oh what well, furniture like you were just thinking like let me just solve a problem and so you what did you that next step go you're like okay i'm gonna just furnish it to the best of my ability and turn the wi-fi on like what what was that initial thought
1: (laughs) yeah man so i went to ikea just like probably other every other noob i bought a really i bought the most expensive ikea couch i'll start with that okay it was like two grand ikea's couches aren't more than like that i mean back then they were were not now they are um so was like the top of the line ikea couch which i still have in that property today it's still really comfortable and i love it um, but I also bought a bunch of stuff at like, um, this was 2015 when like Magnolia was a, becoming a thing, mm-hmm. you know, Joanna Gaines. Mm-hmm. So I bought a bunch of refurbished stuff that looked like it was like a farmhouse type thing and just did it myself. I refurbished stuff myself, um, put together like a pallet wall and made the place look and feel like kind of like a farmhouse, but in the central Valley and that place, um, dude, they loved it. The nurses, the clinicians that were coming in just loved it. And I did it. I think I furnished that property for about 12 K was a three, two. Um, which is not too bad, you know, because typically now for me to furnish three, two, it's like 20 grand. Um, So I did it. Yeah, I did it pretty on a pretty reasonable budget. I haven't ever done a three, two of that cheap ever. And it's because I buy everything new now, but that first property was like scrapping it, man. Actually, you know what I did, Ruben? I had a truck, a 2015, um, or not 2015, it was a 2012 Toyota Tacoma that I've had for like three years. Tacomas don't, like they keep their value yeah uh, actually, that 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 car, that truck had more than uh, I think I was able to make eight grand. I sold it, and with that eight grand, I asked what I used to buy part of the furniture. Respect. And, yeah, so I just kind of like scrapped it, man. That's like the boot scrapping, make it happen, figure it out kind of thing. But I was able to have a contract. so I felt really comfortable that, hey, I'm gonna make four grand. Whatever I put in this, I'm gonna get back within the next six months. So I felt mentally like safe if that makes any so,
0: sense. So so you actually locked down the contract before you finished like the the spot
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Before I didn't finish the property. Mm.
0: So um, while we're on this topic, cause I think this is actually very, very important. Um, you said it was a three, two, and you said, was out for one person or one family or
1: who, who was help? No. Yeah. So my thing has always been in the healthcare industry. There's a lot of travelers that come in groups and especially mm-hmm. now more than ever millennials um, in the Gen Z and if you know any clinicians, and anybody listening right now that's a clinician, you probably know people that do this. So they'll come in groups, like two or three people coming together. They'll work, work their butts off, their asses off for a couple months, and then take off to Hawaii for three weeks. Come back, bust ass again, fly to Bali, stay there for a month. This what, is role, like been, what
0: role is that when you say clinician for our listeners? So we, we have some context. Are we? Yeah, clinicians clinician? are
1: a nurse, a occupational therapist, a physical therapist, um, any anybody that works in the healthcare setting. I mean, we even had radiologists stay with us. Um, yeah. So for me, my niche has been more of catering towards those people that were needed to have bigger properties, but couldn't fit into a one bedroom or didn't want to fit into two bedroom, wanted to have their own space um, and kind of still feel like they're in their own place, whether, and they're still you know around people that they know. And these aren't people that are random. These are all people that they know and they're coming together like as groups. And for people that are listing, then you'll probably know what I'm talking about when, cause you'll have inquiries that come in for, for that specific type of uh, property. It's usually a two or three bedroom that you hear you have that. Yeah,
0: no, that's cause that's what I was going to say. And that was also going to be my next question as to, okay, this, this experiment worked uh, as you being the, again, business development manager, forward slash practitioner if i say practitioner you're gonna people are gonna get so confused I'm like what he's a doctor no so <laughs> just the level that you're you you had a position in a hospital as a business development manager you saw an opportunity you locked down a three two after locking down the contract and then after that you're thinking i can do this again and so my next question to you is are you specifically Looking at a very similar model style, you're not going for like, you're not thinking, let me know, I'm be curious, are you thinking, Oh, maybe I could get a five, three, and I can get a bunch of those in there, like all in one and put a bunch of different smart locks on each door. Like what is, if I'm thinking of going down this route of midterm rental, how should I be thinking about the nature of how uh, these clinicians like to live during their contracts? I think that's, that's a really uh, a key question and and when you're kind of going to go down that rabbit hole.
1: I like that. Okay. So that's a good question. So for me, I never rented to individual nurses. Um, Nurses get stipend pay that's untaxed by whatever state they're in the federal. Nurses are not taxed when they're traveling. I don't know if you knew that they get this per diem pay. It could be four grand, five grand, whatever it is. It's untaxed. So 99% of the time when you have clinicians that are coming into a space, they want to get into a property as cheap as possible. So if Ruben, if you got a place for two grand the nurse is going to come in and say, Hey, I'll give you 1500, right? At least so I would do the same damn thing too. Like I just would try to lowball you Ruben and then say, all right, we'll negotiate a rate. That's what you're going to expect. So the reason why I, that's one of the reasons why I don't like to do individual nurses. Um, and also I want to make sure that these contracts that I'm getting with agencies where they're actually backing the clinicians coming in and I'm in California, somebody can come into my property and stay here for um, six months and not leave. And you, that California has some tenant uh, rights that are extremely uh, favoring. To the tenants. Mm-hmm. So I always dot my I's and cross, cross my T's. Um, I was introduced to real estate when I was a kid and it was sitting in the back seat of a uh, banana looking station wagon and my parents arguing in the front seat as we were rolling along to the courthouse because my parents were having issues kicking people out of a property. So that was how I was introduced to real estate. So if this kind of gives you context. Um, so for me going into real estate, I'm like, how do I get paid? And that was that one thing that just happened where I'm like, dude, I can get paid today. As clinicians, we get contracts. I'm not gonna have to worry about this stuff. Um, so for me, the clinical side, uh, dealing with the, the nurses, I like to get agency contracts and deal um with groups coming together. The three two just worked for me, and that's what I kept kind of buying is more three twos because that was what was working for me. Um, I didn't think bigger at that point uh for the first few years of that specific space. But um, you know, looking back now, I really wish I would have. And I even got insurance contracts back then too, which we can dive into a little bit later, but um, Right now we're talking about the clinical side of things and it's just the travel nursing industry. If you go on Furnish Finder, you go on Airbnb, a lot of it is like a back and forth. The nurses want to get a specific property at very cheap um, and they don't want to spend a lot of money on it. But when you deal with the clinical side of the agencies, they have a totally different standard. They're looking at things completely different and they're not as conscious of the dollar amount as opposed to a clinician who's paying out of their own pocket.
0: Okay, can you can you talk about that? Because this is and this is why I'm so happy you're here, man Like, seriously, I'm going to give you all the shout out in the world Because <laughs> this is like stuff where You look at an in the industry, which is why I love Right, like why we have this show It's like experiment, fail, learn, repeat You go into a niche, there's so many different niches The reason why I call this the real estate experiment is Within niches, there are layers. And my goal is to introduce as many as possible to individuals. We have storage people here, short-term rentals, like mid-term rentals. Like you guys have heard it. Now I'm kind of secretly geeking out a little bit on short-term rentals, more experimentation, as you've noticed in the past episodes. But my point is, like that layer of expertise is just so <laughs> niche that I wouldn't even know when you say, hey, like when I hear mid-term rentals, there's a lot of people who are talking about nurse, right, nursing and all that. And you kind of put it into one bucket. But what you're mm-hmm. saying to us listeners here is you're saying that, hey, actually, there's levels to this, right? And there's actually another sub tier. So can I, can you actually break that down? Because I actually, I heard that part. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure I digest it, not only for myself, but also the listeners. When you say it's different on the clinical side. Do you mean that the clinical side, and again, I asked you what a clinician was, do you mean that they are typically represented by an agency or an HR department, and they are uh, structuring their contracts differently than an individual nurse would with their per diem? Like I want to be really clear on what you just said, because you yeah. said it as an expert, <laughs> but I and I captured it, but I want to yeah. be very clear on what you're saying here, because I think that's where the opportunity is.
1: Hundred percent, yeah. So I, as I mentioned before, clinicians will get. I'm just giving you a stipend amount number. So look at five thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That five K is used for their lodging, for their meals. Um, their per diem, it's called their per diem pay. So they yep. get to use that for lodging per diem or a car. And I mentioned, as I mentioned before, every assignment is completely different. Again, these contracts are structured in different ways. So you can have a, most clinicians are given X amount of money. They're giving five K or whatever it is, and they're going to use that money to get housing. So that's why they're like wanting to be very specific. They're wanting to get into a property for super cheap. Um, but there's this whole other side, the other side that I'm talking about where the agencies will actually bring those folks on. And they're those folks, the nurses or the clinicians that we're talking about here are forfeiting that payroll, that pay. And they're saying, you find the housing, you do this, and the agency saying, okay, we're gonna go out, we're, we're gonna find this property for this person or this agency or, or the, these clinicians or this doctor. A lot of times it's like specialty nurses, um, doctors or groups coming in like actual groups. Well, they'll take this they'll take the they'll get rid of their PDM dm pay and only deal with the agency. So there's two different worlds here. And for the people that aren't educated in this space, this is where you can like literally go on Furnish Finder today, put your property up, and you'll get a booking from just a nurse that's going to book the place. What I do is actually go to the business itself, and I cut out the Furnish Finder. I cut out everybody else. And I'm correcting, connecting on a business to business level. And mm. the thing that I love about this, Ruben, is that I'm able to create a roadway for many years just based off of the relationships that I built. I'm not relying on OTAs like Airbnb and Furnish Finder and Verbo. I'm creating my own business that can, everything can disappear today, and I'm still able to operate my business the same as usual without so having smart. to have these other people. Um, and I think that's where this level of, You know, this, this specific space, unless you've been in healthcare in this industry, then you probably won't necessarily understand it until you've like, you know, get your head in the weeds and you learn the back end of the way how these things work. And that's, that's what I learned very early on.
0: Okay, so if you're to recap it for someone to kind of send someone down like a whole like Google, Google rabbit hole or, or whatever, is you're saying that there's actually what what would be the name of such agency that you mentioned, if I want, if I'm listening, I'm like, okay, what, I want to do a quick Google, is it like a relocation for clinicians agency? Is it like, what, what is the name that one would type into Google if they wanted to just enlighten themselves and get familiar with what you just described?
1: Yeah. I'm going to give you a little masterclass tidbit that I got right here. Okay. So everybody listening right now, just head over to monsterjobs or indeed.com type in Atlanta, Georgia, whatever city you're in and type in travel nursing. And you'll literally probably have, and you could do this right now while you're on, while we're we're talking about this. I love it. And, and there's probably going to be about a hundred leads that will be off there. And it's going to show every single company that's hiring. And you might even get recruiters information in that, in that. And this is for free, you guys. You can literally go on there and do this now. So you find out oh, your leads. And... We're doing it live right now. We're doing it live. Right. Cool. Yeah. I take. I dig it. So once you do that, man, you're probably going to see literally hundreds of jobs popping up. There we go. So what I type okay, in? Okay, cool. So t- what city are you in? Uh, Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta. All right. Type in uh, right there. You're going to type in um, travel nurse, travel RN, travel RN, mm-hmm. and then go to Atlanta. And there you go, type in Atlanta. Oh, second guys. Move this here.
0: There it is. All right. So we'll type in Atlanta.
1: Hot Atlanta. Atlanta. There you go. Type that in. And then let's see how many searches you are. Uh 20, you're within 25 miles. Go down to the bottom and see how many pages you got here. See everything you're scrolling through right now, those are all yeah. jobs. These are all companies that are hiring. So mm. fast step. There you go. And you keep going down. Click on the, see how far over you can go on that. Right there oh. on the five. Click on the five and see if it keeps going. Five? Yeah. And go back down the bottom again. Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, just <sighs> this alone, Ruben. Yeah. Scroll back up. There's every company that's hiring. Look, stop right there. So you got Matter MedX, are hiring an RN, 2,200 a week. Scroll down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then we got, uh, M-Roy hiring an RN critical care nurse. They're, they're traveling estimated pay. Healthcare is charge paying again. They're in Stockbridge, Georgia. Um, there's another one, Melody. They're hiring for an RN, a labor and delivery nurse. So these are literally people right here for free that you could just pick up the phone and say, Hey, my name's Jesse. I operate an agency that's called, you know, air venture hosting. We cater specifically to travel medical professionals. I am actually looking to house your clinicians. I want to be, you know, and I want to connect with multiple different companies. We're growing our network right now. Are you guys paying for housing or how do you guys, that's when you just start asking a billion questions and trying to figure out how these companies operate. Um, Mm. So once you do that, man, these are like all leads. And for those of you who aren't familiar with sales, everything you do, no matter what in this life, if you don't have sales, you're not good at sales. You need to learn how to be good at sales because at the end of the day, having conversations, you might only have one conversation with, uh, fast staff or FA staff, which is showing on there. And your job is to grab, gather as much data and potentially get a, a get a, um, you know, a front of that recruiter or that rehoming specialist or that specific person that does contracting. Um, and that's the goal, man. It's just to grow and build your leads. And you just saw right now, there's literally hundreds of leads that just came up from. What was that monster jobs?
0: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, uh, yep. so do you ever use a, a, cause now you're, you're stepping into my territory, a little digital marketing. You ever, you ever um,
1: dabble with
0: like LinkedIn, like sales navigator or yep. something like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I, that's how I grab, I get more information. So I'll, I'll get these companies. I'll jump in on LinkedIn. I'll find out the recruiters. I'll connect them with them on that back end. Um, I built my network from LinkedIn, the back end professional, you know, it's, it's basically for those of you who aren't familiar with it. um, LinkedIn is like the professional Facebook, right? It's like where you Mm -hmm. have all your accolades, everything you've done, all your network. So for me, I build my relationships based off of the folks that I talk to, the clinicians coming in. They'll give me their recruiter's information. I will then find them on LinkedIn, connect with them and say, hey, Ms. Smith just connected me to you. Um, And whenever you guys do that, folks, that is an instant credibility. Ruben, if somebody sent you an email today and said, hey, Jesse had talked about you, is there any way you you can chat with me? the likelihood of you responding to me is very high than if it was just a cold email with no name, old school sales tactic. So, um, yeah, man, I, I built my, and just FYI, that business development stuff that I did before, it's just a fancy way of saying sales. Uh, I'm good at sales. It's what I've been always good at my whole life. It's one of those one things that just kind of opened the door for me. And, um, man, yeah, I, I just, every skill that I've ever learned in the sales atmosphere, I just transferred it to building this actual business and it just took off, man. It just took off i love Um, it
0: can you can you talk about i think this is so important because we hear this and then someone might try this like three times and then they'll be like oh this isn't for me i think it's there's a there's a disconnect of how much reps it takes to uh a achieve what you want and b get good at it what like can you just give us the real deal man like don't i don't know zero to this and this month like come on man just tell the people what it takes (laughs) i need somebody to just tell it like it is man like yeah how many how many calls if one really wants to get after it right that like just set a baseline jesse's baseline like what do you think that is just a level set and just really inspire experimentation just because you hear a lot of fluff and etc and like but i really want to give people some real concrete tactical
1: details Got it. Yeah. So this is a question I get asked all the time. And, and Ruben, I have a master class where I have students do this exact same thing where I teach them how to do this. I literally every week when I get new students in, they'll message me and say, Hey, Jess, I tried reaching out to companies. Um, you know, I had one person that got back to me. Um, you know, I'm still trying, but you know, how much more do I need to do in this? And I'll call, I'll, I'll go back to him, Ruben. I'll say, how many people did you call? How many agencies did you call? And they'll say four. And I'm like, you need to 20 X what you're doing to grow your business. Yeah. And then you need to follow up. This business is built on pace. Morby has a saying, and I love it. He says this builds the the wholesaling business is built on. Hello, not on the hello, but on the hello again, same Mm. concept is exactly true with this. It's all about nurturing leads. It's about getting a lead funnel and it's about, you know, with marketing, right? You know, you're you're familiar with this stuff, the exact same concept. You got to put in a bunch of reps. You got to make phone calls. So in order to build your business, this is one of the prerequisites. When you join my class, you got to have five to seven hours a week that you're going to be making these calls. Literally, that's what you have to do to be a successful in the space. You might get lucky. I've had students that you know, made the first week of calls and got, got a, uh, a contract right away. And then I have folks that are going in three, four months and don't have contracts because they're not putting in the reps, not putting in the work. It's not easy. If this was easy, Ruben, everybody would be freaking doing it. Literally everybody. Hmm. And unfortunately, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes it's patience. It takes. Yeah. It takes fortitude. It takes grit. It takes, that's what it takes to be successful in literally anything you do. And if you're consistent with one thing, it's almost impossible to fail. Like literally. Dude. I love that because
0: I've been, I've been really on that. Like, like sharpen the ax, man. And I think, and this is the biggest, the the worst thing you could take away from, from this show is, Oh, I'm going to try a little bit of everything of, of, of what everybody came on the show. Right. Instead of going deep, I don't want you to go broad. I have a broad show so that you can get exposed, but then go deep. Right. Like Jesse has a masterclass. We're going to include that in the show notes. If this resonates with you and you're like, wait, I can do this, which pretty much anybody can if they set their mind to it. So it's not even if I can. It's do I resonate with this? Do I like the process? Right. Then if you double down, it's going to work. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of like I really love that you said that because it's I think it, it gets down to like the shiny object syndrome. It's like, oh, I heard a guy talk about this. I am going to try this. Oh, OK. And I'm going to do it at surface level. And then you have an unfinished bridge Right? in my my world, I call it an unfinished experiment. Right. Yeah. Like we need the full lab report, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, when I open my classes up, that's the first thing that I say is like, hey, you guys join this class. I'm telling you right now, whatever you're doing is not going to be easy. So. You know, you're going to have to put in work, you're going to have to put in time, you have to put in energy and it's going to take time. It might be quick. It might not be. And you know, it's just, that's just how this nature works, works It's, it's, it's about putting the reps in and the better that you get at communicating with folks, the more uncomfortable that you get making those phone calls, the better you're going to be in time. And that's, what's going to translate you from being the old person that just started doing this to the new person that's now created a business. It's going to last you have a roadway for many years to build um, an actual lucrative business based off of contracting, because um, it's not easy. Again, it, it's not, man. It's, it's not. So listeners out there, if you're looking about getting into this space, you got to educate yourself in the area. You got to educate yourself in what you're doing, how you're going to operate, what those other companies are doing, how often they're sending people out, what level hospitals are near you, how many clinicians are occupied by full-time, how many clinicians are occupied by uh, per diem or that are traveling to that specific market. So there's a bunch of information that you actually have to learn before you get out there and start making these calls. Um, I always believe in the, the term uh, educating before you get compensation. A lot of people want to get paid today, but aren't willing to put in the energy or the, the um, you know, the learning the actual process behind what things actually need to happen or understand in order to get there. We're just like, we want to make money today, shiny object syndrome, boom, let's go. Yeah, it doesn't work yeah. like that.
0: 100%. So you double down on this. Are you still uh, uh, doing BD
1: manager? Airbnb.
0: No, no. Are you still doing BD uh, uh, business development manager? Oh, um, hell no. no. No, I'm out of that.
1: <laughs> I quit my job on July 17th last year. Yes, um,
0: there you go, man. Proof of yeah. concept. I love that. What, what, what was the um, evolution want to just give us, cause we, you gave us the start and now what does that, what do those next couple of deals look like? I think I want to get to the analysis point because now you're, you're in and you're in, you're like in a different lane, right? So I'm assuming, Well, actually, let me not make the assumption. Let me ask you because you're here. Yeah. Now that you're in a different lane, you've built a B2B business, which I love that you said that, right? You didn't build your business on somebody else's land where you don't rely on OTAs. You're literally building your book of business. Right. Now, what I love about this business is there's a real asset tied to it, aka real estate. So now when you're buying your real estate and you know that you have your book of business, that you're. That is ever growing. Right. Which is really cool. I like, I like that compound effect. How do you analyze deals? Like you mentioned some hospitals, you mentioned a few things. What are some of the criteria that you use in your business model that may be different or maybe even the same than what you were doing before? I'd be curious to hear as what that looks like today, now that you have this infrastructure in place.
1: Yeah. So I've been doing this for seven years and what I've been doing has worked and I'll kind of just break it down simple for you guys. Hmm. The short-term rental industry, which I'm also in, I have a bunch of short-term rental properties that I own and manage as well. And the short-term rental industry is is piggybacking off the midterm rental industry. What I mean by that is there's a lot of burnt out hosts, just like you have burnt out landlords that have been in the short-term rental space for quite some time. You have cities that are becoming regulated. So what I'm doing now is I'm actually taking the short-term rental flair and the sexiness that you get out of properties and I'm converting that into the midterm space. Hmm. And I've been doing this since probably about 2017. Um, And for me, I like to be within about a 15 to 20 minute radius from a hospital. I like to have a three bedroom plus. Um, I like to be able to serve multiple different clients, not just clinicians, right? We don't want to just serve clinicians. If you put all your eggs in your basket of clinicians, there's a likelihood that something can dry up or there could be hiring. So you don't ever want to do that. So I look at insurance companies that are in that market. I look at what hospital levels there are. So hospital level one and two are typically your high high, um, high acuity patients that have multiple different um, floors that serve maybe three to 400 beds are typically in metro areas, but you also have them in rural markets. I um, do you know what level- a hospital
0: level is? I'm so sorry. I'm just, weird. Yeah. I've never heard of that.
1: Yeah. Hospital levels are, um, you know, have you ever watched Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, no. I'm sure you have. No, you haven't. Okay. So Grey's Anatomy is a good example of people. That I've heard understand. of it though. Yeah. It's a TV show. Yeah. So it's basically a high intensive trauma units that are in these hospitals Mm. where they have like neurosurgeons. They have literally every type of person that you clinician, you can think of. If there was a traumatic event that happened, Ruben, God forbid that was any of us and any of your family members or anybody in general, um, they're able to go in these hospitals and get treatment for whatever issue neuro, um, right away. Right. The levels, the higher you go in the levels, the less you actually get and more rural markets will tend to have this. So like level three, level four and level five hospitals are basically, um, Areas where you would go, if you had a heart attack, they would stabilize you and then ship you off to a level one or level two. So typically like in rural markets, you know, you'll have a level three or a level four, or level five, and all they do is stitch you up and then send you off. Like they're not going to be high, uh, high turnover. A lot of clinicians that come to those specific markets. Um, so level one and two are kind of like the sweet spot. Um, not to say that they're, you have to, but anyway, those markets are just, those hospitals are going to be way better for the amount of travelers that are coming in. And and I'm so sorry. You you I probably just went over right over my head. You're saying
0: that level one, level two, is that more critical care? Or yeah. Is it? Does it? Or it's more? It yeah. More
1: critical? Yeah. So yeah, level ones like they'll have they'll have uh, they're just way more intense when it comes to the types of patients they can have. And there's a nursing per patient ratio, and like the um the ICU and those ICUs. There's every state has different regulations. So in California, you have to have two nurses per one patient. Um, so okay. the more got bigger the ICU, the more clinicians you need to have is basically what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I got it. And I, and I sent you down another rabbit hole, but going back to what you're saying, 15 to 20 minutes, three bedrooms, mm-hmm. um, you like, uh, not just yeah. clinicians, but other professionals. And you said hospital level one, level twos.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Level one, level twos. I like to buy unique properties that a lot of times investors will pass over um, that could be like something that has funky archways, something that just looks a little bit different, something that's just maybe not um, as cookie cutter, you know, like a three, two that has, you know, a funky space in it or steps down into a living room or a mid century home that somebody just doesn't want to mess with. Those kinds of properties for me are um, the bread and butter. And it also gives you mixed use where I can short-term rent if the numbers work well for say six months at the time, and then midterm rent for the other six months. As we go into slow season, I do Ruben what's called the hybrid model, which what well, I Coined it the hybrid model, or um, six months on, I'll short-term rent it, get the top numbers during peak seasons, and then during the slow season, I'll mid-term rent it. So we don't have any peaks and valleys with my properties; they're all pretty consistent all the way through the entire year. So I'm maximizing the amount of profit I can make the entire year, just like a CEO would with a company. And I think that a lot of times, we're in the short-term rental space, we're looking at our numbers; they fluctuate the entire year. And if you're in a market that you can adapt and do this specific model, then you're going to be cash-flowing the entire year at the amount that you're. you you know that you want to have to have a sustainable quality business
0: okay Um, so when you're running your your and i appreciate you highlighting that when you're running your numbers with the hybrid model this is the million dollar question here how do you let me preface by saying this recently where i I told you i was a bigger pockets and i heard something interesting that i didn't i kind of got me thinking as well because i used to say hey you know short-term rentals you know, worst case scenario, you always got to run your worst case scenario. Does it still make sense if you change it to LTR? I recently heard my peers, I think Avery had said this, Tony Robinson mentioned this too, and it brought in some good light to me. And again, I'll respect your market. It said, you don't analyze an STR like an LTR because it's just not the same product and you're not gonna, you're optimizing. It's almost like, it's almost as if, like, the high, high it went, hey, if doesn't this doesn't work out as a hotel, like, we'll turn this into multifamily, which I thought was actually, like, it, it made sense when they said it. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, 100% right. Because I used to think that the way I used to analyze deals, like, two years ago, I was like, hey, like, you know, this is, you know, worst case scenario. What do the long-term rentals look like? Is there a 1% rule, et cetera? So now I'm curious with you and the knowledge that you have, when you're buying a deal, what are you looking at? And what are the expectation or criteria that says deal or no deal with the hybrid model in mind?
1: Got it. So I'm always going to look at STR numbers. Long-term rent's going to be the last and just real quick. So everybody knows, knows this. An intuitive investor is always going to have exit strategies before they buy a property. Literally 100%. the first thing you're thinking about is a way to get out of this property. Then my short-term rental numbers, like that's, it doesn't matter. You need to figure out how the hell you're going to get out of whatever situation that you could potentially be in first, And what I mean by that is, so I'm I'm looking at the short-term rental numbers. I'm seeing how much those properties are earning. Um, If they're earning 5,000, I can probably take a a 15% variance and know that my midterm rentals are going to make, you know, 4,500 or 4,200 or whatever it is, which is still pretty good. Um, I'm always looking at a 20 20 to 25% cash on cash rate minimum. If I can do more than that, freaking fantastic. Um, Again, I'm going back and looking at numbers, long-term rent being last. I don't even look at the 1% rule. I think initially when I go into these deals, I look at Um, what's the midterm rental as my fallback? What's the short-term rental as my fallback? And then midterm or long-term being the last possible case. If I needed to, for me, it's just, I need to break even. I don't, I don't even care about making money because my goal when underwriting these first deals is that midterm or short-term. Those are the two, the two most important things. And if I'm in a city that's not regulated by short-term and I eventually have to fall back to midterm, I better know my midterm rental numbers going into that. If I'm going to short-term rent it, is it even a place that I can do it? Am I in joshua tree where that's not a, you're not going to be able to midterm rent anything because who the hell is going to stay out in joshua tree mind the smokies where probably nobody's ever going to midterm rent anything for maybe they do i don't know maybe there's a potential for that if there's like fires or floods or something but um i don't really know many people that are maybe you do ruben um and i mean again that's that's what i'm looking at when i'm analyzing i'm looking at hospitals i'm looking at just the same thing you would typically look at we'll have, what's the job ratio look like what's the um, what's the healthcare industry look like? Is there new is there new buildings being built? Is there new construction happening? I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to create business. Here's here's a good one right now for everybody listening that wants to get a contract. If there's new construction being built in your markets, like you know uh, Dave and Buster's or these big companies, go out there and just take a picture of that truck, whatever company they're working. Better yet, here's a here's a better thing for you, Ruben. You know what an extended stay hotel is? Uh, enlighten me. Yeah, extended stay hotels. Is- it's called Extended Stay Hotel America. It's a, it's a market where they these a lot of these contracting agencies have a huge contract with Extended Stay. So if you're somebody that works in a construction, you're building, I'm giving Dave and Buster's, this is what happened to me, how I realized that I could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, these construction companies partner with Extended Stay. So I drove by there at 7 p.m. at night, took a picture of every single truck there because they all have contracts with Extended Stay. Every single one of these uh, construction workers are staying in their own individual rooms. You add up 10 construction workers, at a hundred dollars a night. How much is that? Like do the math on that. So now I have a five bedroom property. I call this company in the morning and I say, Hey, I just drove by extended stay. I saw that you have contractors in the space. I have a five bedroom place. Can you tell me how much you guys are, are, are paying your, your company right now to stay at extended stay? And they're like 10, 15,000. Cool. What if I was able to have you guys stay at my property for half of that for seven grand? And my rent is only 1500. These guys get their own rooms. They get their own space. They can cook their own meals. Everything that you basically have, we can even have somebody come in and clean. And I just created a business to business relationship by literally just picking in my car, taking pictures of the extended state hotel where all these folks have contracts. And now I'm housing a different type of clientele just based off of me driving, spending the energy, the time to take pictures and mm. call them in the morning. So, Ruben, there's a That's billion crazy. different ways to make money in this space. Like you have to think intuitively. You got to be smart yeah. about what you're doing You have to have intention behind it. This is, we're just talking about two, three different ways, but this is a way to really build your business and to connect it with other businesses. Because at the end of the day, the more problems you solve, the more money you're going to make, the better opportunity it's going to be for you in the long run. And not only that, but these companies saving money, that's what everybody's doing right now. They're trying to figure out how do we save money? We're going out, yeah. we're in a recession. We're dealing with, there's different ways of saving money. This is absolutely a gold mine when it comes to working with another agency saying, hey, here's a copy of my property. Here's a YouTube video of a walkthrough of it. Your guests are gonna love this. Your 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 construction workers are gonna love this. We have everything they need. It's all laid out here for you.
0: That's crazy, man. That's I love how savvy you get to, and it's like it's it's things that everyone can do, but it takes effort, right? And it takes, you know, commitment and grit to to be able to Yeah, and commitment, really. That at the end of the day, because what you're saying makes sense. But the question is, will you do it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, everybody's going to go and make their first calls and be like, ah, it didn't work this time. And then they're done. Yeah. And then you have the 1% that will go out there and actually make those calls that will go out there weekly, find the new companies that are coming and make the calls and then they get that contract. And now they're cash flowing four grand. And now they can leave their job after they pick up another property and they get solidified in this business and they become the housing solutions provider for the market. And they learn how to do this stuff. And eventually over time, that 1% will tell the other people and then they'll tell the other people. And then that you'll have, it's just a snowball effect, right? It'll, it'll start kind of moving along, but you got to have those people, man. I can, those people are uh, few and far in between. It's not yeah. easy. People are avoiding it. It's just like going to the gym. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. The process is difficult. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not complicated, but it's hard. Right. <laughs> it's
0: not it's complicated, not- but it is hard uh to commit yeah. so let's let's talk about those um those b2b relationships real quick you yeah you know, I, I appreciate you give us giving us insights about the um the type of properties you're looking for etc the only thing actually that i want to actually before we move on that because you mentioned a specific criteria do you think that let's say you got a four three or five three and or again, let's say you got some you got some 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 money to invest right now. And you're like, hey, listen, like, I really want to do this. This sounds like I'm willing to do the work here. Mm-hmm. Would you again, all things considered, rather optimize for a larger property in the right vicinity or for smaller like, let's say, would you let me ask you this? Would you rather buy two two bedrooms or one five three? Let's say,
1: um, yeah. you know, what? where does market. your mind go? Yeah. I think when I first started, I, I just want to do three, twos. I've evolved now, and now I'm looking for more multifamily, like five, six, seven, you know, unit triplexes, 10plex. Uh, My brain has evolved in that. I think anybody coming into this space, the best strategy to do would be to house hack number one. If you're like a millennial, you're getting your first property, yeah. pick up a duplex um, or two properties on one lot. I feel like those are the best options when you're starting to do this and you're kind of building your business. But as you mature and you evolve and you get more and more properties, I think having more doors is going to help, um, grow your business. You're going to have less type of insurance contracts and things like that. Um, cause you're able to make more money with a, a single family property than you can, um, you know, housing somebody in apartment or something like that. It's just how these, how the contracting works There's the whole back end of this whole thing, which I don't know if we will have time to dive into that, but there's just, um, so for me now it's more of like, I'd rather go after, uh, you know, have different units, be able to house, you know, these contractors coming in insurance companies, and then the travel nurses, you know, two bedrooms and above. So that's kind of where my mindset is now is I'm actually building, um, I'm actually working on putting together like a fund where that's what we do is we find these underserved markets for clinicians and we're going to buy, you know, 10, 20 units there and then get contracts. And then boom, all these people that invested in that are going to be able to reap the benefits of us finding these untapped markets, spending the time and energy building contracts there. And then all of a sudden, you know, moving off the ground. So, um, and not only that Ruben, but Wall Street money is smart, right? You know, Wall Street money, yeah. they're very, they're it's smart money, right? And what's happening right now under the covers and under the layers of things is that these guys are going out, buying short, uh, empires of short-term rental operators that are piecing things together, doing things lucratively, showing there's flow. The same concept is going to happen with the midterm space. So the more properties that I have in one specific area, I could have a hedge fund come to me, Ruben, in 10 years or five years or three years. That's my exit strategy. Hey, Jess, you got a property, you have 10 properties are all functioning at three X or long-term rent would be. We're looking to place X amount of money here. We want to grow these markets. So we're going to work with you and we're going to build it. So I eventually will sell off to that. Well, uh, you know, so what's I think interesting think but, about,
0: yeah. You know, what's interesting about what you're saying, Jesse, this almost reminds me of the insurance space as well. You have a book of business that you could sell too. So there's IP involved with, uh, with, the, with, with the real estate, right? Because if you think about it, if you actually put those in two separate entities, right? You have one in, yeah, for your, for your properties. And then you have your,
1: Oh, this is my consulting B2B. You can actually sell two assets into one. Do you agree? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause a lot of these smart money people don't know how to run these operations. They don't know how to run the operational aspect. They don't understand that. And this has been done before. They just haven't been able to figure it out the right way. Um, so for me that there's just a lot of opportunity in that space. Yeah. And I,
0: and I was thinking Rich, specifically of you, the relationship that you have with these other
1: corporation is in itself an asset oh for sure i would think you know what i mean my business off of that ruben that's the best part is i can sell my business based off those relationships that are built just for
0: context i gotta ask you what what's it because i don't know if it's for you is it quality or quantity do you feel that now that you've kind of really dominated and built these deep relationships is it a volume game for you where you're like hey ruben like i know like i have the top 12 relocation or whatever agencies in the state or is it more like oh no Ruben, i got hundreds and i just just keep touch with all of them
1: like what does that look like just for context is it quality so, or is
0: it quantity that we want to go for
1: i think now for me it's more quality as opposed to quantity i have relationships now with like recruiters and things that will send me a message and say hey jess i got a traveler coming november 3rd do you have anything available now and i say no i don't and then i'll ask <laughs> him like hey what's a good market for me to invest in hey we were having hard times Toledo, ohio That's a space where we've had a hard time finding people. um, You might want to look at investing there. So like I'm getting boots on the ground, notices from these people that are hosting these or, you know, finding properties. Even on the insurance side, man, I've connected, I'm connected now to the, some of these insurance companies, their main cheese. And like, they're giving me information on like, hey, you should think about these markets. Hey, you should think about this. But you got to understand too, Ruben, what I do is I'll put together webinars for them. I will send the entire office Starbucks. i will send them Dunkin' Donuts. I'll have a conversation while everybody's having lunch. This is what business to business models is, is you're going to spend money to have a presentation where I have a PowerPoint together. They're all eating lunch while they're just watching me on this talk about what my houses look like, how we can operate, who we've worked who, with before, what type of clientele we're going after. That's what people aren't willing to understand or to put in the work to do. Who's watching? What yeah, so the in- It'll be a lot of the re- relocation specialists. It'll be the the, the nurse or the, the recruiters that are attached to that specific market. Um, so that's my goal is to set up these meetings with these mm-hmm. folks and actually sit down and say, hey, give me 30 minutes of your time, 20 minutes of your time. I'm going to send you lunch. You guys enjoy yourselves. I'm getting to be remembered because nobody else is doing anything that I'm doing. They're not sending them lunch, they're not figuring out where they work. They're not finding out what their favorite Starbucks drinks are. They don't know that Sarah and Emily like to have mocha lattes that are 105 degrees that are very specific to the person, like that's what I'm learning. And this, then I can actually send them stuff so that they remember me. A lot of times we forget that out of sight, out of mind, they get people that are calling them all the time. The more I talk about this, the more calls they are gonna get, but they're not doing things the way that I am. They're not doing things on the business and business level. They're not creating relationships the way that I did in the healthcare industry. They don't have the vernacular. There's different ways of doing things. So for me, man, I know that I've set myself apart. I mean, I have cars. So somebody can check into my property tomorrow. It's a nurse traveling from the Midwest to california they hop on an uber they get in and they get to my property and in the garage there's keys to the car sitting on the top of the car they've already been, booked my house they've got my car so i'm a one-stop shop to that agency so they don't have to go through multiple different channels to do things like i'm doing everything and they're saving money so it's that. like you know again going back to what i talked about earlier the more problems you can solve the easier you make these these recruiters and these rehoming specialists their jobs easier the better that you're going to be at what you're doing and the more they're going to remember you literally it's just point blank that solve problems i mean look at like jeff bezos elon musk all these guys they solve a billion problems right that's why yeah. they're so successful the the more problems you solve the more opportunities you're gonna have it's just that's just the way it is
0: yeah let me let me ask you and by the way real quick
1: is that, are you using double dipping with turo is that what you're doing yeah uh no we actually oh. have an umbrella policy now so i did start with turo um actually i didn't start with turo i, have, <laughs> I started off renting uh probably illegally in 2015 Turo came out in 2017, I used it for a while, but now we have an umbrella umbrella insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of complicated, there's different layers to it, but basically anybody can get my car, can drive my vehicle now. It's tie, It's not tied to any assets or anything. We have a protection through an umbrella policy and insurance that anybody can drive my car. It um, doesn't matter as long as they're insured with their own insurance, um, we'll have our coverage and then their coverage. So we, cause Turo, Turo takes um, 40%, 50% of your income. If you take the max tier, um, so for me, if I'm renting a car for two grand a month, then I'm only getting like, you know, 900 bucks out of that, which still is not bad, but I'm paying the rest of that insurance. So we created something on a different level where, you know, I had to pay a bunch of lawyers, a bunch of money to get this stuff together. But now we can actually rent a car and feel, I feel safe knowing that if something happens, we're covered, you know, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Let, let, let me ask you this, cause this is going to be a top question I even got from the audience. Right. And the biggest thing in this sounds is this is going to definitely be from someone who, is just getting into the space, right? Um, Like I told you, ALE Solutions, for example, earlier, right? Let's say you get your first midterm rental booking and and you have just a few properties, or maybe it's just that one. Um, You get it booked. It's going to be out of pocket for four months, right? What is it that I should be doing, right, to continue to put myself in a position so that when that lease ends, right, Because it's a it's kind of a timing thing. And I'm wondering, do you feel that you have control of the timing because you've built so much relationships and inventory where you know that when the lease ends, you know, you'll have someone or is it like, how do you. In, in other words, it's going to be the vacancy question. Right. How do you stay booked? Right. Like, what's the strategy there? Because, you know, do you have to wait till something happens or someone, you know, like this family, you know, they, they had a tree fall in their house. Like, do I have to expect that to happen for another one? Or am I not even thinking about it correctly where I should be just kind of hunting while this is happening? Like, what where do your thoughts go as I'm kind of like spilling that to you?
1: Yeah. Well, first off, nobody talks, when anybody talks, whenever I hear anybody talking about insurance contracts, they make it sound super easy. Like, oh yeah, somebody's just going to book your house and insurance company is going to do it. That's not the case at all. It's in fact, the most difficult part of and travel nursing part is a hundred times easier than that. Families are going to walk the property before they even book, stay at your place. So if you just have like a cookie cutter, three bedroom, two bath home, that's very simple. And these families are picking three. The family that I just hosted walked through seven properties before they even picked mine. So if you have a place... Yeah, they might you're not you might not get it booked. And I think that a lot of people that are in this space or do the insurance don't talk about that. um, because there's a good likelihood that you're they're not going to pick your place. That's why I was talking to you a while ago, is that I take that sexiness of what a short-term rental would be and and I put that into a midterm space so that somebody can walk into this place, they open the door, they've been through some kind of like crazy event where they lost their house through a fire or flood or something like that. They walk through and they say, this is where I want to be for the next three to six months. Mm. This is the place that feels good. If this is where my kids are going to feel comfortable, we're all going to be able to eat at the table again. Um, they have a pool in the backyard. They can use whatever, yada, yada, yada. If you don't have that concept going into this space, um, you're probably most likely not going to get booked. Um, and that's just the flat out reality of it. That imagine you lost your property today. Are you going to want to stay at property A? That's just whatever. Are you going to want to stay at property B? That is like you walk in, you're just like, man, I love this place. Smells fresh, it's clean, it's updated. It has, yeah. you know, it's designed professionally. Am I going to want to stay there? Am I going to want to stay in this other one? Because the families are getting the choice. They're choosing. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, you got to make sure that you design your place the right way. You put energy behind that the intention. You're, are We're serving other people. This is not about us. It has nothing to do with us. Um, and the second that you put that in the front of your mind that, you know, it's not about making money and you put intention into helping others, business will come to you. And I think that it takes a while to learn that and understand that. But in in reality, that's that's my opinion. How to be really good at this is that um, you you make it about other people. Um, and I hope I think I might be going off right now off topic. But um, yeah, man, that's that's my that would be my first suggestion is don't just you know find something that's different, it's unique. You put some perspective, you put intuition behind it. You make something that's designed for somebody that you know have empathy. Yeah. somebody that loses something, their their you know their livelihood, everything they've ever had could potentially be lost in a fire and they're going to be coming into your place. So I think if you think about it in those terms and not just the, you know, five xing long-term rent, uh, God and the universe will align itself and you'll have people that will stay with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, listen, I um, like, I just went through this, right? Like I went back and forth with the family. We're actually going to install some security bars like out of pocket for them. Cause uh, you know, the husband and he needs to have, you know, that stability for the shower. So we're really like me looking out, for the family and really understanding their situation uh we had you know we we got actually a chance to show them two of our properties because one was a good fit but there was this one thing with the bathroom and we had to send them to another so they did two tours and you just make it super easy for them you ask questions you you and that's that. and and at the end of the day that's what was in the other lines like we really appreciate you taking the time to like work with us in this circumstance and and i think to your point if people could just think about solving a problem, helping others, then obviously there's, you can kind of reap the benefits of, of both worlds in this industry where you are making money and you are profiting and you're also helping. Um, That's awesome, man. Listen, you, you kind of brought this full circle. I definitely want to give you a chance to plug your, your universe. You know, you've done this um oh give us some i I love to give us some context real quick right before your job you're currently at how many uh, properties are you at right now and like how many you're managing and you know what's the goal for you next we always like to always like to have the crystal (laughs) ball kind of like hey like we he was here man october 24th (laughs) he said this and he's there now like uh where are we at for context for our listeners and then we'll definitely make sure that they tap into what you're currently doing today
1: So thanks for asking that question. I have ten properties that I own now. Um, I manage twelve, so we have twenty-two properties altogether. Um, there's a mixture of short-term and mid-term in that whole on that whole uh, spiel there. Um, I'm looking for more multifamilies now. I'm not. I, I was buying single families and like two properties on one lot. I'm now looking. I'm thinking bigger. Um, you know, I've sold off a couple properties um, that weren't performing as well as I wanted to, um, and I just sold them in the last three to six months. And I think anybody now that has a property that's just not performing right now is a good time to get rid of that. And really focus your energy on deals that are going to be potentially coming um, as the market's kind of shifting and maybe reshifting what you would buy before. I think that a lot of times with um, the space that we're in, there's going to have cyclical moments, right? The numbers aren't always going to be the same in Airbnb that performed well um, in 2020 or 2021. Those are not real numbers. You got to go back to 2019 and look at what mm-hmm. those numbers are. We were in a black swan event. Um, And I think a lot of times people that bought in those times are going to find themselves in a really uncomfortable situation in the next year or two, or even now, which I'm hearing a lot of people talk about that. Um, Reanalyze your numbers, relook at things and kind of go back to it. But for me, that's what I do. That's how many properties I have. I actually have a master class that I teach people how to do exactly what I'm talking about. We have like uh, scripts, pitch decks, and you brought something up a second ago that I really love. You ask about staying booked. I've created a community. When you sign up for my for my course, um, this community actually will share information of recruiters, rehoming specialists, um, people that they talk to, because in this business, you're 99%, there's no vacancy. And if you're working with somebody in the same market, I can then go to you and say, Ruben, hey, man, I'm in Georgia too. I just had, you know, Miss Smith reach out to me from, you know, TrueText, and she's a rehoming specialist. She's looking for somebody that has a 3-2. Do you want this? You know, do you want to take it? So our community is really immersed in sharing each other's information. That's um, awesome, so, yeah, man, I have a masterclass and a mentorship. It's three months long. Um, so it gives you plenty of time if you're getting started or you're already in the space, you're converting from short term to midterm to really learn the business from the background. And I teach you everything that I've learned over these last seven years that you can implement yourself and do this anywhere. It doesn't matter if you're in an urban market or you're in a rural market. Um but really just understanding the strategy and really putting in context and having me guide you along for those three months. And then the group behind me, I, the mentees that we have, man, like I get, I got goosebumps right now just talking about this because I watch these, these folks uh, do things that, and it just, dude, I get so moved by it. I don't want to get emotional right now, but I just, I like watching people that say, I want to leave my job, Jess. And then in six months seeing them later. Look at this. Can you see the goosebumps I'm yeah, on right now? I see Can you probably. see that? Yeah, it's amazing. I watch people's lives change, Ruben, and that for me is the most beautiful experience to have. Because to be able to ha- to be able to be in control, not in control, but to be able to give the information for somebody to change their life, for me, dude, I wish I had that. Like I wish I had something like that. And I think now we're in a, a time and place that there's a lot of people that mentor. There's a lot of people that do things, but you gotta find the right person, somebody that truly cares. And I feel that that's where nurturing people and talent and being able to have conversations with people where it's real and it's not about money and it's just about building somebody's future and helping their families. That's what it is for me, man. Like that's what I love. And I think that's where my energy goes. And I think that God and the universe give back to me for that. Like I'm an emotional person. Like I get emotional about talking about these things because I've watched people change their lives and leave their shitty W2 jobs and do things that are freaking amazing. And they did the work. I just guided and they did the work.
0: I love that, man. Listen, I'm definitely going to be tapping into your masterclass. Experimentation, you know me, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So, um, you know, this is kind of the beauty of it, being able to serve one another, tap into each other's networks, learn from each other, and, you know, giving you guys the game so that you can kind of take it home and implement it in your lab. So, Jesse, man, like, give us the, give us the deets, man. Come on, quit playing, man. Where, where, (laughs) where do we sign?
1: Yeah, yeah so sun, you, guys,
0: man. Going? <laughs> you can head
1: over to my Instagram page at the real Jesse Vasquez. I have a whole YouTube channel where I give away a bunch of this information for free. My master class is not cheap; it is it is five grand. It's five thousand dollars. So if you're truly serious about joining this master class, five thousand right now when you're listening to this, it'll eventually probably go up in price. Um, and you can find me again at, at the real Jesse Vasquez. Um, You can also go to my website. It's called AirVentureHosting.com. Um, there's a lot of information on there as well. Um, but yeah, um, YouTube, you can find me at, I think it's Jesse Vasquez slash Air Venture. You just type in Jesse Vasquez on YouTube and I'll pop up. There's literally probably like 40 or 50 videos on there about everything that I just talked about broken down um, on more of a granular level. And um, yeah, man, like right now there's a couple of YouTube videos that I put together that have over 200,000 views. I mean, it's just, it, right now is like a surreal moment for me, man. Like i'm gonna be on bigger pockets pretty soon like i'm oh them. let's go yeah man so like everything's kind of changing like there's a lot of good things happening and how long you to...
0: been doing this for
1: i'm doing what what i'm doing now what you're, what you're doing yeah oh seven years yeah, yeah. i just yes. want to
0: put that into perspective because I, yeah. I think i think sometimes like right now you're experiencing the compound effect like you're changing yeah. people's lives goosebumps you have a mastermind and all that and then yeah. i think sometimes like you know people get ahead of themselves right and they and like you said like oh I started investing in 2020 and like, like well, you don't have the full foundation yet right yeah and so I want to I want to just salute to you for that man because you kind of you built those deep roots and now you're you're reaping you know the, the fruit of your labor really.
1: Yeah yeah I didn't think about it man I wake up sometimes and I pinch myself I'm like holy crap is this even real and uh I'm so excited for the future, man. I feel like there's a lot of good things happening, not just for me, but I think there's a lot of good things happening for other people. Yeah. This this will become its own asset class. And mark my words, Ruben, you and I will talk in the next three to five years, just like short-term rentals are an asset class. You know, I feel like with short-term rental space, you know, we're, we're in baseball terms, because we're obviously in the playoffs are happening right now. Um, you know, we're like in the fifth inning with the short-term rental industry, right? Like we're mm. kind of, it's been around for a while. It's evolved, it's changed, it's more experiential now. We see that happening. We know where it's going the midterm space, man, on baseball terms, like we're just chalking the floors, like the umpires haven't even hit the floor yet. They haven't hit the field. Like, that's what I want you guys to really understand in the space. Imagine being in in Airbnb in 2007 when I first started. That's what the midterm rental space is today. So the second that you start thinking about it in that context and really putting your energy and intuition and being thoughtful about what you're doing, you have many years to to reap the benefits of where this midterm rental space is going.
0: Yeah. And at the end of the day, like what I love too is, I mean, you're, I like to think that you're building two businesses in one. Like, that's why I like the short term rental space, right? Like, you have your management company and then you have the asset. In this case, you have a book of business, maybe the management company and the asset. I think that maybe it's a three headed monster. Yeah. Um. And I didn't get, I mean, dude, I could, I got to respect you for your time. I'm already 10 minutes over. Last time I was going to say, I'm sure like these relationships too, over time, you're, you know, you, they, it's repeat business, right? And, and there's that compound effect and referrals, like you mentioned, right? I mean, yeah. so, so, Listen, man, we're going to have you again here in the lab, that's for sure. <laughs> I want to let you jet right now because you over-delivered and uh, it's time to wrap up. But uh, like I said, uh, I'm following the man, the legend on Instagram. I'm definitely going to give you a shout on the gram. Uh, right actually, right now, I'm going to take a quick screenshot of this. Uh, but yeah, we had the man in the eye right here. We had Jesse Vasquez. <laughs> you want to make sure the real Jesse Vasquez. Um, and uh, you're doing some amazing things, man. I cannot wait to continue to see your growth. And uh, I can't wait for experimentation to really dive deep on your experiments that you have to offer, man. So just want to give you a big thanks for stepping into the lab. And just like that, we are out.